we dedicate this class, our brothers and sisters in the Holy Land, especially those who are on the front line, and all the wounded have a speedy and complete recovery, and may Hashem return all the hostages to their homes safely. May Hashem keep our soldiers safe. And for Shalem of Perubas Miriam. So we left off, we're in chapter 3, Baba Kama, and we are page 34a, six line from the top. The rabbis learn, one ox, a gourd, the other ox were valued the same, $200, dollars And the damage that he did. In the other acts, he's 50 zoos. Now he's only worth, the other acts is only worth 150. He downgraded, degraded the other acts. And then, and then the damaged acts went up in value. And now he's worth 400 zoos. But if he didn't do damage, he would have appreciated. Uh, he would appreciated four times as much, from two hundred to four to eight hundred. Now, as a result of the damage, he only appreciated, only appreciated two hundred percent. He only appreciated. Uh, uh, he, he doubled twice as much. He went up to four hundred. So, how much do you pay? So, nice and gishasanezik. You have to pay twenty-five, half of fifty. We evaluate what he what he was worth at the time of the damage, and what he diminished his value at the time of the damage. From two hundred, he went to one hundred and fifty. And being it's an innocent, mm-hmm. not an habitual girl, therefore he only pays half twenty-five. But what if kichish? That um, after the goring, he continued to degrade. And be depressed in value. And now he's only worth, let's say he's worth 100. So again, so then he pays, he pays. So therefore, when he comes to the court, how much is the axe worth now? The axe that was gored, was damaged, lost half of its value. So he has to pay 50. And what if Shevach Mazik? What if the axe that gored increased in value, appreciated in value after he gored? Now he's worth 400. So, he can't say, well, now the damage, he says, now I'm a partner in your axe because you have to pay from your axe. So therefore, I'm a partner and also in the appreciation. No, he gives him what it was worth at the time, and only half of that, 25. He can't say, well, I was a partner, at least give me the full 50. No. But what if, Kichish, as time went on, the the, the, the axe, uh, the goring axe, depreciated in value, and now it's only worth, let's say, half. He pays him, Kishas bedin. The owner of the axe can't say to the damagee, since you're a partner of my axe, so therefore it depreciated in value. So before, you were going to get an eighth of what, of what he's worth. He's worth uh, 200, you wouldn't get an eighth, which is, which is 
25. Now that my ox went depreciated in value, now it's only worth a, a hundred. So you should get an eighth of a hundred. You should only get the uh, uh, 12 and a half zoos. He says, he says, no, we don't say that. We, we evaluate it as the time of the damage. That's the price. Now the Gemara unpacks the price. I'm a man, the master said, if the the the, uh, the axe gourd appreciated in value, and the damagee can say, well, I'm a partner, and therefore I should get at least, now I should get the full 50, not only 25. You can't, we don't say that. Mani, whose opinion is this? Rabbi Shmuel, his opinion, Rabbi Shmuel, Amr says, that he doesn't become a partner. He, he doesn't, he can't demand the axe himself. He can just demand the money of the axe. Of course, if there's no money, then he'll take the axe, but he can demand the money up to the maximum value of the axe. So therefore, he's not a partner, so he doesn't have a partner in the appreciation. But, but, how do you, but look at the end of the price. He says, in the case where the axe depreciated in value. So you pay, the axe that was gored depreciated even further. He says, if the axe that gored went down and depreciated in value, the only within the damage he does lose money. He says, you were going to get an eighth, your partner, my axe. You were going to get an eighth. It was two hundredths. You were going to get twenty-five. Now my axe is only worth a hundred. So now, now you're only going to get an eighth, which is like twelve and a half. So that's following the opinion of Rabbi Kiva. So Kiva, that he becomes a partner, and therefore he also has to lose out because of the uh, depreciation of the axe. We evaluate the axe as is at the time of the court case. So he's saying, the same price in the beginning, he's following the opinion of Rabbi Shmuel, then he's following the opinion of Rabbi Where is says, no. Really, the whole price is following Rabbi Kiva. Of course, the damage becomes a partner in the axe because he can demand the axe itself. And therefore, the second case makes sense. That if the damage, if the axe that gored depreciated in value, then the damage also gets less. Instead of getting 25, you know, the case of 200 and 200, and then he did damage of 50, and then the axe, he was going to get half of 50, 25. But, but since he collects it from the value of the axe itself, the axe depreciated in value, so you get an eighth of what the axe is worth now at the time of the court case. But how do you then you explain the beginning of the mission? And then why, if he's a partner, why doesn't he have a partner in the appreciation as well? My skin, we're talking about Shapitme. That the reason why it appreciated is because the, 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 the owner of the axe that gored fed it, stuffed it. See, he caused it, he didn't appreciate it automatically. It's all his responsibility. Since he spent money and he invested and his investment causes it to appreciate, the other one had nothing to do, his partner had nothing to do with it, it's all on him, therefore he, he gets the benefit of the appreciation. So his partner just gets the same $25, and he can't say, well, now that it appreciated, let me get the full 50 of the damage. If the Braitzer is talking about that he stuffed the animal and he invested to cause it to appreciate emiration. That it says, Shevach, that if the damaged axe went up in value, 
and now is worth 400 zuz. Noisen lo nezik. He only has to pay him the damage that he did at the time of the damage. doesn't have to pay him now well. He could have been worth 800. Because of you, I lost out on $400. Give me half of that. No, you only pay the damage that was done at the time. He was worth 200. I caused $50 worth of damage, and I paid 20 for half of that. He's talking about, we're talking about a case. How did he improve? He improved because he fed it and he invested in the ox. So the owner of the damaged ox fed it. Obviously, why? Why would he even think that the the? Um, oh, so he's saying that if the the damaged ox went up in price, the damage uh, the owner of the of the ox that Gord still has to pay, he can't say, "Well, uh, you, you didn't lose any money." Look what happened. Now he's worth four hundred. So any damage that I've done that my ox did is erased. No. You have to pay the damage you've done. But if it appreciated, if, it, if he appreciated because the owner of the damaged ox fed it and invested in it and stuffed it and therefore went up in value, of course the, uh, the owner of the ox that gourd has to pay the damage that was done at the time of the damage. Why would I think otherwise? Just because he invested, the owner of the damaged ox invested and it went up in value, therefore I should, I should pay less? Why? I had nothing to do with it. It didn't. It didn't appreciate on its own. It appreciated because of him. I can explain the first part of the brayse that it, when it's discussing if the the uh, damaged animal appreciated in both ways, whether the owner stuffed the animal. Or whether it just appreciated on its own, the market went up. Then what's he coming to teach me? If he stuffed it, why would the why could the owner of the the goring animal even claim that he shouldn't pay because the other one invested in his animal and went up in value? Therefore, why should he be exempt from paying? Because he has to let me know the the that he has, it really is talking about both cases. So you're right. If he stuffed him, it really has nothing to teach me, of course. But even if it went up, appreciated on its own, nevertheless, he has to pay the damage that was done at the time of the damage. So it was $50 damage, he has to pay 25 Even though at the time he comes to court, the animal's worth a lot more than, than his original 200 So he didn't lose him anything. But nevertheless, but because he, he can say, because he can tell him, that it would have been worth uh, would have been worth four hundred. It would have been worth a lot more. It would have been worth eight hundred if he didn't damage. So of course you have to pay me for the damage that you've done. That's what he's coming to teach. Me. But say for the end, when he when he stuffed it. And therefore, that's why the damagee is not a partner in the in the appreciation. So, in the beginning, uh, Rashi says there is a version that learns the way we understood it that that uh, if the damagee, if the damagee, the damaged axe 
went up in value, appreciated in value, so he comes to teach us, he can't say, well, since it only went up to 400, if you didn't do damage, it would go up to 800, so pay me half of the damage, give me 200. So, so Rashi says, that's not the correct version, because if that's the case, how do you understand why the Gemara asks, what do you mean, what does the Bryce have to come to teach me? If he stuffed the animal, why does he have to come to teach me? Why would I think that he should, uh, he should pay? To come in to teach me that the damager doesn't have to pay the 200? I mean, he caused the appreciator because he stuffed him. Yeah, but of course he has to come to teach because if he didn't do damage, instead of he stuffed him, he worked hard to cause him to appreciate it, but if he only appreciated to 400. If not for you damaging my animal, it would have gone up to 800. So you should pay half. So he has to come to teach me that you don't have to pay. So rather, Rashi learns, the meaning is, question is, that the, the owner of the, the goring ox says, why should I pay anything? My ox gored your animal is worth 200. Now it was only decreased in value by $50. So now it's only worth 150 But then it went up in price. It appreciated. Now it's worth 400 So I didn't cause any damage. So that's what he comes to say. But if he, if he fed him and he... And the reason he appreciates is because he fed him. So he says, what do you mean he didn't cause me any damage? Of course he caused me any damage. He caused me to lay out money that I had to invest in him and I had to stuff him and I had to feed him. So of course he caused me his damage. So why would I think that you shouldn't, as someone asked, why would I think that the damager doesn't have to pay? Actually, what answers is talking about all cases. He, he, he went up and appreciated because of he did something to cause him to appreciate it or appreciate it automatically. And um, in the ration, the first part, even if it went up on its own, even if the animal, if he uh, if appreciated on its own, the market went up in value. So he says, I didn't cause, cause you any loss. Nevertheless, he has to pay. And um, in the end of the prices, in the, the last case of the prices, teaching me, when the um, when the ox when the owner of the ox that gored stuffed his animal, and therefore because he stuffed the animal, that's why even though we follow Rabbi Kivu says at the moment your ox gored, the damagee becomes a partner in the ox. But since the appreciation is all attributable to the owner of the ox of that gourd, because he fed it and he stuffed it, therefore that appreciation only goes to him. And, um, and therefore, the damage still gets only the twenty-five dollars, half of the fifty, and not and not the full uh, the full eighth. The brayzer says, "Kochash." The end of the brayzer, if the damaged ox continued to depreciate until by the time he came to the court, now he's only worth a hundred, so he has to pay. Because some other bedin. The full damage, so now he lost 100, you have to pay 50. What caused him to depreciate in value? Because the owner of the damaged axe 
work the animal hard, and therefore depreciate in value. So Lamele, well then why does the owner of the goring ox, why should he have to pay for that? At at Makesh, I know you have you are the one who caused him to depreciate in value and I should pay. So when Abashi Ravashi answers, he was talking about the Kochash Makwasamak that no, he continued to de- deteriorate because of the goring, because of the initial it's your horn of your ox that's buried in my ox that caused it to continue to deteriorate. It's all a result of the goring of your ox. So, you are, so it's all part of that damage, so therefore you have to pay for that damage or half of that damage. What the animal is worth at the time, how much it depreciated by the time of the court case. Okay, next mission is Okdei so if an ox that's worth 200, gores and ox is worth 200, and the carcass is worth zero, this is what the Pasuk says, you sell the ox, you kill the other ox, all that's left is a carcass that's worthless, so you have the ox that gores is worth 200, so you sell it and you, you split it down the middle. Because he only has to pay half since it's an, not an habitual gore first three times. He only pays half of the damage. What you're saying is correct. That's true. But it doesn't explain the Pasuk. It's not what the Pasuk is talking about. You fulfill the half of the Pasuk that says, the part of the Pasuk says, sell the living ox and uh, split the money between the owner of the uh, ox, between the damager and the damagee. But he didn't fulfill the other Pasuk. The Pasuk says you should split also the, the dead animal. If you're saying it's worthless, and it's, then how do you split? There's nothing to split. So what's the Pasuk speaking about? The Pasuk is speaking about, you sell both of them. We're talking about Sheshav Messiah. They're both equal in value. And the ox that gored, but after he gored and he killed the other ox, and Avela, the carcass is Yafa Chameshim Zuz, it's worth $50. It depreciated. And in each case, they split down the middle. Sell the $50, sell the 150, 150 the living ox. I'm sorry, sell the, the living ox for 200 so each one gets 100 Sell the the uh, carcass, 50 so each one gets 25 So it turns out... It turns out that um, each one walks away with 100. I'm sorry, each one walks away with, uh, each one walks away with 100, 125. So they both lose $75 equally. So that's half of the damage. The damage is 150. Uh, since it's not an habitual gore, it only pays half of the 150, 75. So each one walks away losing $75. That's the mission. So if they both agree in the halacha, just are they arguing just interpretation of the pasuk? What's the argument? What's the argument in the main Rabbi Yehuda? Tana Rabban and the rabbis learn Shesh of Mesayim Shlagu Shesh of Mesayim Vanaveli Yafach Hamishim Zuz and Edel Chatzia Chayu Chatzia Mez and Edel Chatzia Chayu Chatzia Mez. Was a Shesh of Materi with Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda says exactly what the mission we just learned in the mission. I made him, and I made him, says, ain't the shayram b'tayra. That's not the shayram that the tayra is talking about. That's not the case the tayra is talking about. Shayram of Messiah, shayram of Messiah, and of Messiah, speaking about a case where they're both at equal value, and then after he gores him and he dies, the carcass is worthless. 
You sell the living ox, and each one takes a hundred, so each one gets a hundred and loses a hundred. They split the laws in the, between, between the two of them, down the middle. So what does the Pasuk mean? You should also divide the dead carcass. If the carcass is worthless, what do you mean divide it? So what the Pasuk means is, Value that was decreased as a result of the death, whatever the loss of the result of the death, you split it, you take the living animal and you split it down the middle. So it was 200, now it's worthless, so you split. So that difference, each one loses 100, so that's... Each one gets 100 from the living animal and loses 100. In that case, where it's lost... The carcass is worth 50, so the animal depreciated from the living animal is worth 200. Now that he's dead, the carcass is only worth 50, so it's a loss of 150. So each one loses 75. They split the loss down the middle, 75-75. So this one ends up with 125, and the other one ends up with 125. What's the difference between when it comes to the law? They're both saying the same thing. The difference between the two is who has to if the carcass further deteriorated from the moment it was gored and he died what was the value then and then by the time you take you go to court it depreciated even further so who whose loss is that that may have some made holes that the damage has nothing to do with it it's his responsibility. You have to take care of the carcass, and any depreciation is on you. The loss is determined at the moment of, of, of the death, of the damage. That, no, he has to share in the, in the loss. If by the time he gets to court, the carcass further deteriorates, so you have to evaluate what it's now, and he has to pay 50% of the loss. That's what Rebuda says. The Pasuk is speaking about the, the novella, also some Messiah, and he also has to evaluate the depreciation of the carcass and the loss. Abayas, Abayas said to Rav, if that's the case, you're going to say, we find a coin to Rebuda, I'll give you a scenario with the non-habitual gore ends up paying more than the habitual gore. Because when it comes to the habitual gore, we said, we learned earlier in the first chapter, that the owner is responsible to deal with the carcass. You only have to pay the full damage at the moment of the damage. And whatever happens next is on the on the owner of the of the damaged animal or the or the animal that died, that was killed. So you can say, but you're saying in the according to Rabbi Huda, in the case of a tam of an innocent of a non-habitual gore, here you're saying that the owner of the goring animal has to participate in the loss of the further depreciation of the carcass. 
So you're saying that the the innocent is, is more is strict is more strict than the the, the habitual guru. If you're going to say yes, maybe yes. Even though it doesn't make sense, it's not logical, but maybe yes. And it's not such a st- question. How is it possible? Because it's not. We find it right there. Behuda holds. Behuda We learn the Mishnah. That Behuda says later on in the tractate. We're going to learn that Behuda says Tam Pater. That a person who's watching an ox, and he wasn't watching so carefully, and the ox went and did damage. Behuda says. Tam, if he's not a habitual gor chayev, and the owner of the ox is responsible. But muad, if he's an habitual gor potter, he's exempt. We'll learn later on the reason in the Gemara. But Abhuda holds, yes, in certain in certain certain aspects, the Torah is stricter with a tam than it is with a muad. At the time, the Torah holds the owner responsible. If he didn't watch it extra carefully, Versus a uh, habitual gore, the Torah doesn't hold him responsible, even though logically you may argue it doesn't make any sense. So you see Rabbi Huda holds that, so maybe here too. Rabbi Huda holds that the time you are responsible for the depreciation of the carcass and you have to pay half of that depreciation, the owner of the goring animal, versus by Muad not. The responsibility of the carcass is entirely on the, on the damaging. The but you can't say that. Why? Because it's only in that case, Rebuda says. Because he learns it out from the Apostle, the Sibi Kroi, as we're going to learn later on in the tractate. If you hear such a thing, every time you say something is completely not logical, you have to prove it, you have to explain it. What's the basis for that? Where do you see Rabbi Huda holds that way? But Tanya, we learn, but Rebuda says, I would think. A church of a mother, you would think, what if the goring ox is worth a hundred dollars? And a goring ox was worth five dollars. A hundred dollar, a hundred maya mana is a hundred zuz, which is 25 sella. Every sella is four zuz. And it gored an ox that was worth five sella. And the veil of a cell, and the carcass is worth one cell. So therefore, the damage was four sloyim. So, so I would say, as you would think, since the Torah says divide the cell, the, the living animal, the goring animal, and sell the, the animal that was killed, sell them both and split the money. So if this is natal chatsi, if you're going to sell the living animal, the goring animal, the living animal is worth 25 sella. So if you're going to split that down the middle, each one gets 12 and a half sella. And Vachati Amei is going to sell the carcass for half of the chai, Vachati Amei. So then little Chati Amei, Vachati Amei. So I'm going to say, Vachimud Lamayoyze. You sell the carcass, which is only worth one cellar. Each one gets a half, so 12 and a half. You sell the living, which is 25 cellars, so 12 and a half, and each one gets 12 and a half. And you sell the carcass, one cellar, each one gets a half. So each one ends up with 13, 13 sloy. 
So then the damagee gets paid more than the whole animal was worth. <laughs> he made a killing. His animal was worth five sella. He lost four sella because the carcass was worth a sella. And he walks away with 13 sella. It's a, it's a great deal. Please come and, and gore my axe. How could you say that? Because if that's the case, why are you making a distinction then between a habitual gore and an innocent animal? You're coming to say that if you, if you do it habitually, then you have to be strict in it. So if he's a habitual gore, you only get paid the damage. You get the, what was the damage? Four seller, maximum. But if he's not an habitual gore, the Taita says you divide them, split it, you sell both the carcass and you sell the living animal. So he comes out, he gets paid much more than the value of the animal. So, so that Abihuda says it doesn't make any sense. Of course, you're not going to get paid more than, than the damage. You only get half of the damage. That's all you're getting. So Abihuda himself says, you know, utters this principle, it says he can't, it doesn't make any sense, not logical, that the tam should be stricter than the muad. The, the not habitual gur should be stricter than the habitual gur. So how can you say in our case that he holds that, uh, that the, in the non habitual gur, the owner has to participate in the in depreciation of the carcass from the moment of the, of the death of the animal till it's brought to court? But, but in the case of a Abuid, habitual gore there, the entire depreciation of the carcass after the moment of death is entirely on the owner of the dam of the killed animal. So it makes no sense that the the innocent the case of the innocent animal should be stricter in the case of the habitual gore. Ella rather says that's not the difference. Surely if the if the carcass depreciates in value, it's all on the Owner of the of the damaged animal, of the kill, of the animal that died. Just like in the case of a habitual gore. The difference is the argument in Amir and Abihuda is if the carcass appreciated in value, it's worth more. At the time of the court case, it's worth more. It went up in price. So the Mar Sabra Mir holds that the, the carcass has nothing to do with the with the owner of the, of the gore, goring animal. He's not a partner. And therefore, Nizakava, the ad appreciation belongs to the Nizak. You have to pay, the, the owner of the, of the animal that gored has to pay, whatever the damage was at the time. So it's minus the carcass. It's what it was worth while he was alive, minus with the carcass. And, the, and he has to pay the difference, or half of the difference. He's a tam, he pays half of the, that difference. Even though later on, by the time he gets to court, it appreciated in value, that doesn't. That's nothing to do with you. Nothing. Mar, and Rabbi Huda holds palga. No, they split it. So therefore, he gets half of the improvement of the carcass, and he pays the difference of what the animal was worth alive and what the animal is worth now during the court case. And he pays a difference, or half, half of that. And this is what Rabbi Huda finds so difficult. It's harsh, the damn it, has Rahmoni, love the mask. 
If the Taita says that the Taita has mercy on the owner of the goring animal, the Shaka Bashifcha, the Taita minimizes his penalty, he has to pay half of the loss. But half of the loss of the ultimate loss, if the animal appreciates, if the carcass appreciates in value, then the loss is much less. And Taita says you only have to pay half of that loss. So the Taita is looking out for the owner of the damaged animal to minimize his, his payment. So Yahu would think that if the animal, an animal that was worth, the goring animal was worth five cell, and it gored a very expensive axe, expensive axe, an axe that's worth a hundred, and the carcass is worth fifty. 50 zoos, 100 mana, and then now it's worth 50, uh, a mana is 100 zoos, now it's worth 50 zoos, which is 12 and a half slime. And the animal that did the damage was worth 5 slime. So you're going to say, you're going to sell the animal, sell them both, and each one takes split, you split it down the middle. How can you say that? Because then it comes out that the one, the owner of the gorer, the damage that was done, first it was worth 25 cell, and now it's only worth, the carcass is only worth half of that, 12 and a half. You're going to sell the carcass and give the owner of the goring animal half of that. So he gets, he gets six and a quarter of that that's worth more than his animal. So not only isn't he paying a penalty, he's walking away with a nice profit. Amrit, say, What do you mean? He's getting rewarded for, for, for his animal being a wild animal and for hurting and for damaging and for killing the other animal? Makes no sense. Obviously, the Tate is only talking about a scenario as he spelled it out where there's a loss. So they split the loss. In addition, it says, Shalom Yishalom, that the, the habitual gorer has to pay, the owner has to pay an ox for an ox. It says, Shalom Yishalom, pay you should pay. It comes to teach us why the repetition comes to teach us that the bailim shalom, bailim neitlin, that the owner of the ox pays. But the owners don't take money, they lose money. <laughs> you can't, not by, by selling, you can't make money, you're losing money. That's what he was wondering. So we see that the Torah is going out of its way to minimize the damage. He says, yeah, minimize, yes, but not that you should make money. <laughs> Torah has mercy on him that he shouldn't minimize his penalty. But uh, but not that he should make money. That makes no sense. What is my What why does he have to bring another proof? Because if you want to say when do we say that we don't divide equally the the value of the, the of the uh, goring animal, the living animal? You sell the living animal, you split it in half, and you sell the carcass, splitting it in half. When do we say? 
that we don't divide it equally, because by dividing it equally, the damagee is going to lose money. Like in this example, if you're going to give, you're going to give him half of his value of his carcass. So not only is he not getting paid for his loss, his animal is worth 25 cell. Now he's going to walk away with with uh, six and a quarter plus uh, plus uh, you know and a half, six and three quarters of a cell. So his, his, his loss will be total, total loss. But what in the scenario where he doesn't lose anything? In this, for example, the damage he doesn't lose anything. For example, they're both equal in value. They're both worth half a seller. Uh, five seller. Five slayim. The, the ox that gored and the ox that was killed. And the carcass appreciated. Now it's worth the offer shleishim zuz. It's worth. Now it's worth more than seven seller. So you're going to say shakal now. So he didn't lose the nizig, didn't lose anything. Even if you're going to divide it in half, this one will take half of the five slayim, two and a half. You sell the living animal, the goring animal. So each one gets two and a half seller. And then you sell, uh, you sell the carcass, the dead animal, the animal that was killed. Now it's worth more than seven seller. So he he didn't lose anything. The damage he didn't lose anything. He he gets his five seller plus. So in this case, you would think, what do you care if the owner of the of the goring animal also walks away with money, as long as the damage he didn't lose, as long as the damage he didn't lose anything, he gets his, he's made whole. So that's what he says. That's what he says. No, you can't do that. Shalom is shalom. The Torah says, "Bolim shalom and bailim neitel." You pay, you pay. You only here to pay. You can't make money off your animal doing something wrong or if you're doing something wrong. You only here to pay to lose money, not to make money. Yes, we may have the Torah may have pity on you and try to minimize your payment, try to lower your payment, but not free you from your payment, and definitely not to make money. According to Rabbi Huda's explanation of the Pasik, and I'll give you a scenario where the innocent or the non habitual goring animal pays more than a half a damage. In case if they're not equal, they're not, they're not the same. The damage, the, gore, the ox that gored is worth more than the ox that was killed. And if you split down the middle, it turns out, you're going to split down the middle, sell the living animal, and sell the carcass. It's going to come out that the, the, uh, the owner of the, of the goring animal has to pay more than half. Because let's say the damage was really 30, right? Because his animal, he only caused the damage of the animal, let's say, that was killed was worth 40. Now it's, it's, the carcass is worth 20. So the whole damage was 10, 20 zoos. Really, you should only pay 10 zoos. But if you're selling them both and you're splitting it down the middle, 
It turns out he has to pay 35 zuz, more than the damage, more than half, and even more than the damage. You can't say that. How could you say that? Split it down the middle. How could you say that? So my answer is that Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda holds Pchas Shepichsu Misa Machsim B'chai. What that means is that the 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 depreciation of the animal, because it was gored and it died, and now you take the value of the carcass, so you minus what the animal was worth alive, what it's worth now. So this this depreciation. That's the damage. Half of that, because it was a non-habitual gore, so you only have to pay half. Half of that, you collect from the chai, from the living animal. But not more than that. Not more. So everyone agrees you're not going to get more, you don't have to pay more than half of the damage. We want to be knowledge. How do we know that the Pasuk means in this case. Maybe it means literally. You always sell the living animal. You always sell the animal, uh, uh, the carcass that remains. And you split it down the middle. If you're going to say, because you learn it out, because it says, that means that you collect from from the living, you only take half of the damage from the dead. The damage of the for the dead the, the cow that you caused them to die, your cow caused them, your ox caused them to die. So you pay half of that from the living. But no, Rabbi Huda says he needs the pasuk. That 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 they both participate in the increase. Taita wants to quote Rabbi Taita wants to minimize his, his penalty, his punishment. Minimizes payments. So if it increases in value, by the time you go to court, so his payment is less. So, he does, so the Pasuk is not left over to teach me that you only, you only have to pay maximum, you pay is half of the damage. No, maybe you end up paying more. So my answer is according to Rabbi Udim, and if that's the case, if that's the only thing the Pasuk is coming to teach me, the Taylor is trying to minimize his payment, Nichtukrabas Ammes. Yeah, so why do you say the gam? The gam is extra. The word gam is extra, and also. Shmamanatachi is coming to teach me both things. Coming to teach me the Taylor is here to minimize the payment that he participates in the uh, appreciation of the carcass. If there is an appreciation, therefore he ends up paying less than half of the original damage. And also he's coming to teach me that the only maximum you pay is 50%, not more. It's only if they were equal value. And then you say you divide it down the middle. But if it's not equal value, you never end up paying, the owner of the goring animal never ends up paying more than half of the damage. Okay. Next Mishnah. Yeah, we'll stop over here. We'll continue the Mishnah tomorrow. Everyone have a wonderful day.